my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. Welcome to Fort Weird. Guess who's back? Hi, guys. Taryn's back. She had her baby, and he's here, and he's cute, and he grunts a lot. Yeah, he is a grunter, and he talks with his face, and he is all attitude. He's so cute, though. Yeah, look at him. (laughs) Well, yeah, he takes after you. (laughs) I think he takes after his dad, but I mean. The looks. The looks are all you. Probably. They are. And I can't can't do it. (laughs) So, how have you been for these past couple of weeks? Sleep deprived. Yeah. But that's all right. Between this one and the three-year-old. Oh, yeah. I don't sleep this anymore. No. And you won't know until... I'd give it another five, six years. I'm okay with that. Somewhere around there. I worked off of enough sleep anyway, Mm -hmm. so... But no, he's a great big brother. He sings Twinkle Twinkle Little Star whenever he cries. And runs and gets him a bottle if there's one pre-made. And will fetch his binky and then always wants to check on him. That's so sweet. Yeah. How have you been, Heather? I've been pretty good. I've been, you know, I got to do that episode with my brother-in-law last week. And, oh, I have a little update for that. So last week, me and John talked about he has a fear of man like say he's swimming he's afraid of man-made objects in the water so you're swimming say you're under the water and you look up and there's a boat above you scares him half to death or he went snorkeling one time and there was a shipwreck like way far down there but he saw that he was above it and he freaked out see i want to go explore i agree i would too but he it freaks him out all right and i didn't bring this up in the last podcast because I, I was listening to it and I go, wait a minute, I know what that is. Because we also discussed that there's no real reason why he should have this phobia. It's just really weird. So I had the thought today, I go, you know what? I bet you something happened to him in a past life. I was just thinking the same thing. So it had to be a past life thing. Yeah. I'm thinking he, he maybe was a Navy man at one point and... I was thinking pirates killed him. Or, or, or that... <laughs> I'm thinking he probably died and maybe that was the last thing he saw was a boat. Possibly. In the water. Maybe he was out on a canoe and got out a little too far and got flipped and he stayed up a photo as much as he could but could back over and end up dying and the boat was the last thing he saw. Maybe. See, it's all these possibilities. I even suggested maybe he was on the Titanic. Possibly. I mean, it could happen. That would be a good reason to be afraid of like boats boats yeah absolutely i just wanted to bring that up because i i thought it was funny oh one other a couple of of different things i wanted to give a shout out to patrick i'm sorry i don't know how to pronounce your last name uh patrick t loose he is a horror author who actually lives here in fort wayne and he wanted to write a little blog about us, and I gave him the go-ahead, and 
He did really well. I thought it was super nice of him. I loved reading it. It was fantastic. It was so great. And all of my family just loved it. They thought it was funny. <laughs> and it's so great. And I can tell he hasn't he hasn't listened to too many episodes. No, he said he was just getting started. Yeah. So, oh man, buckle up, man. <laughs> but I appreciate you listening and it was very nice of you. And if anyone wants to get on his website, I have tagged him on Twitter and on Facebook. You can get onto his website. He's got quite a few uh, short stories, and they're they're pretty good. I read a couple of them. I liked them. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. I liked the one with the mask. That one was kind of creepy. Yeah, I, I have a. So I read what he wrote. Yeah, and then that night I went. To, you know, I'm up every two hours feeding, and you got to stay awake somehow. So I was on my phone, I'm like, oh, I probably should be reading this while I'm breastfeeding. <laughs> That's fine. But it was definitely a good way to stay awake. Like I liked it. Good. Ah. That's so great. So thank you, Patrick. That was awesome. Also, one other thing. If you are in the Fort Wayne area, I wanted to bring up this plate, this thing that we're going to this weekend. So this releases on Friday. So if you were listening to this on Friday, well, there is a event going on at the Grand Wayne Center. And it is the Healing Body, Mind, and Spirit Expo. Basically, it's going to be... Healers, mediums, um, you know, aura people, all that kind of stuff. Crystals. There's going to be uh, um, your witchcraft there. Essential oils. The essential oils, yes. And we're not going there in any kind of formal capacity. We just want to go and check it out. But I will hopefully be wearing my Fort Weird Podcast t-shirt. So if you if you see me and Taryn. I'll have a baby strapped to my chest. Yeah, so come say hi if you see us and you listen. We're going to be there and we're going to, you know, I don't know if we're going to be there Saturday. I'm going to be there Saturday and I might go again on Sunday with Taryn. I hope so. I can go twice. I don't care. So I'm game. We'll figure it out. Either yeah. way, we'll be there. Either way, we'll be there. So if you're there, come on. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. All right. I think that's all the uh, first things I wanted to talk about with you guys. Did you enjoy your two weeks without me? No. Well, I can't say no. I had fun with the other people. And it was really nice having that one week there, there last week that John did the whole thing and I didn't have to do anything. That was nice. He brought all the information. So I just sat back and I did your job. I liked my job. <laughs> I know. It was great. It was a good little break. Good. Yeah. So it was, a, it was good. It was all right. But, you know, I missed you. I missed you too. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to read... A weird fact, because you haven't heard one in a while. I haven't. So this means it's gotta be a good one. Hmm. I'm gonna apologize now about all the baby grunts. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, there, there you know. There's a baby here. It's fine. He starts crying. We're just gonna... Pause it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll just go on. It takes an average of 48 to 100 tries to solve a Rubik's Cube. If done perfectly... Any Rubik's Cube combination can be solved in 17 turns. I think I'm on like 7,648 turns. <laughs> I don't even mess with Rubik's Cubes. No. <laughs> the best I've ever done on a Rubik's Cube is I got one side fully colored. Oh, yeah. And that's like the first step, I think. Yeah. And then I, I can't get anything after that. They have all sorts of videos on YouTube that... I liked my brother's method. Show you how to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he pulled off the stickers. <laughs> That's the way Patrick does it <laughs> on Spongebob. My dad 
spray painted the whole thing one solid color. Nice. Yeah. Well, then you can never get it wrong. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, today I've got a missing person with a twist. Yay. I love missing. I don't love missing people. <laughs> Taryn. <laughs> I don't love missing people, but I love the mystery behind missing people. Yes. I do too. I hope everybody becomes found and like goes back oh, to their homes. Absolutely, and yes. I, I love a good mystery. So let me. Mysteries are good. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we're we're gonna see if you like this mystery because of the twist. I'm gonna apologize now because I am so sleep deprived. I so that's random fine. things are gonna come out of my mouth. This might be a better podcast for it. Oh no! <laughs> Today we are going to talk about First Lieutenant Felix Eugene Moncla Jr. That's a mouthful. You always come up with names of people for your stories with mouthfuls. Have it's, you realized that? It's not like I came up with it. It's just his name. I know, but the majority of the people we talk about have weird, hard to pronounce names that are mouthfuls. Well, that's true. So is it like these people with you know random last names that are hard to pronounce have weird things happen to them? Because you, you don't hear it about like Smiths or Jones or... Miles or, you know, Kenny's or random last names, but these mouthfuls, that's where I, it happens. That's true. So if you have more than five letters in your last name, watch out. <laughs> I'm just going to call him uh, Lieutenant Moncla. Okay. Okay. He was born in Mansura, Louisiana, and then he joined the army and served, he served during World War II in Japan. Then he came back, went to college, and then after college, he joined the Air Force when the Korean War was going on. After spending a few months at a desk job in Dallas, he was sent to Connolly Air Force in Waco, Texas for basic pilot training, where he met his wife. Exciting. Bobby Jean Coleman. He took advanced pilot training at Reese Air Force Base in Lubbock, Texas. And even more training on the F-89 Scorpion at Tyndall Force Base in Panama City, Florida. Do you know what a F-89 Scorpion is? If I had more sleep, I'd say yes. Okay. I don't know what it is. It's an airplane. <laughs> I- I'm sure I've seen one. I don't have a whole bunch of information on it. I didn't even look it up. I was just like, oh, that's a fun name. It's called a Scorpion. The F-89 Scorpion was the American all-weather... Inceptor built during the 1950s. Mm-hmm. The first jet powered aircraft designed for the role from the outset to inner service. Oh, those are fun looking. This one's in all the movies. Oh, cool. Well, I guess that was his uh, his plane. That was his specialty. Yep, it came about. First flight was August 16th, 1980. Sorry, 1948. And it was retired in 19. 19- 69. Oh, okay. For the United States Air Force. There was 1,050 built with two prototypes. Wow. All right. So that was a specialty, the F-89 Scorpion. That's what he did. While they were in Panama City, they have their son. And then in July of 1952, him and his family moved to Madison, Wisconsin, and they had a daughter. But then five months later... An unfortunate event would happen. Oh, no. Yes. The poor baby. His poor little girl was only five months old. 
when, unfortunately, Lieutenant Manfa disappeared. On the evening of November 23rd of 1953, the Air Defense Command uh, ground intercepted a radar operators at somewhere in Michigan. <laughs> and in they, Michigan. Somewhere in Michigan. Um, they identified an unusual target near the Sioux Locks, a F-89 Scorpion jet from Kinross Air Force Base was scrambled together to investigate the radar. So there was a blip on, basically, there was a blip on the radar. They didn't know what it was, so they sent someone to go look at it. The Scorpion was piloted by Lieutenant Ankla, along with a second lieutenant, Robert L. Wilson, Wilson, acting as the radar operator. By the way, I'm getting every last piece of this information from Wikipedia. Okay. So thank you, Wikipedia, for this. <laughs> so the radar operator, uh, second lieutenant Wilson, was having a difficult time tracking the object on the Scorpion's radar. The ground control had to give Moncla directions towards the object as they flew. Eventually, they closed in on the object at about 8,000 feet in altitude. You you know how far up 8,000 feet is. It's pretty high, but low for a plane. Yes. Exactly. So you're not that tired. <laughs> Ground control tracked the scorpion and the unidentified object as two blips on their radar. They could see two separate blips. And they were growing closer and closer. Beep. 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 <laughs> Until it appeared that they were one blip. Like, they merged. Like, they're on top of each other. Either they, either the scorpion was on top of whatever this other craft was, or below whatever this craft was. That's what they were assuming. And then, obviously, ground control was watching the radar, seeing this happen. So, they're like, okay, well, he's right on top of it, or vice versa. And they were expecting for the blips to then unmerge on the radar. Would make more sense. Yes. They did. That is not what happened. Uh-uh. Are we talking aliens here? I don't know. Well, knowing Hugh, probably there's <laughs> aliens involved. I don't know. Or Bigfoot. No, it's not Bigfoot. Bigfoot doesn't fly airplanes. How do you know? I know. Billy. Okay. Billy, help me out here. See? Be silent. <laughs> you fly airplanes. <laughs> they did not unmerge and the one single blip continued on its previous course now many attempts were made to contact lieutenant monclo with the radio but no one was ever able to reach him ever again after that a search and rescue was an operation by the air force was very quickly mounted, but unfortunately, they failed to find any trace of the plane or the pilots. Aliens. <laughs> Never. Now, Wikipedia does say weather conditions were a factor in hampering the search. Being November up near Lake Superior, I could see maybe possibly some snow. Could have been a a rare winter where there was a whole bunch of snow. Yeah, I guess it or could have been. Or a snowstorm. Did you do any research to see if there was a snowstorm during that time? I did not. 
I did read that there was small snow flurries during the time they were up there, you know, going after the unidentified object. It's very possible it could have been small flurries while they went to go look for it and then they disappeared and they went to, like, say 30 minutes later, the search goes out. Mm -hmm. You know how fast they can go from flurries to a storm. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It just seems rather odd that... So on the radar, you can see these two blips, and as soon as they are one on top of another, or heck, even if they crashed into each other, which I'm sure is possible. Yeah, but if they crashed into each other, you think they'd go down to the ground, and then they wouldn't be bloops, they'd be on the ground. You You would think, yes. But that was my other thing, is even if it was even one on top of the other... Why Why couldn't you see the scorpion on the radar anymore? What happened? I don't know. Maybe the radar was totally messed up from the snowstorm. I guess it could have been a malfunction, but then why I mean, in the world was the it. other blip still on the radar? I hate to say it, but it's like sometimes with your, like people who have dish, mm-hmm. at least when dish first came out, right? It was snow and you're covered. Yeah. Now you didn't have TV except for like this one channel that nobody wanted to watch. <laughs> yeah. So the one blip could have been the one channel that nobody wants to watch and the other blip was disappeared from the snow. I don't, I guess I, I don't got, really know how radar works. I'm not an expert in it. What do you think, little man? No? no. All right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think because how does radar pick up like, say, a whale. Well, they send the the waves down. Mm-hmm. When it hits it, it comes back. Because it goes out for so far, and then it comes back. Right? Well, it doesn't come back. It just keeps going. Okay. So when it hits something, that's what sends back. it back. Okay, so I'm wondering if air is the same way. It's just sending out signals. It's the molecules. Think and about then molecules. if it hits something, it comes back as a blip. Possibly. Well, it's still, it's still radar, so they're still sending something out in the waves. Yes. And then something still has to come back. Even if, say, the scorpion saw something and then started to tailspin out, you would still see it on the radar technically still moving in a different trajectory as the other blip. Technically, yes, you should. But they didn't. That's because it's aliens and it got sucked up in a beam. <laughs> I know. This one, it's a head scratcher. Okay. The official Air Force accident investigation report states that the scorpion was sent to investigate a Royal Canadian Air Force C-47 plane, which to them was traveling off course. (gasps) Aliens. Their report states that the scorpion was flying at an elevation of 8,000 feet when it merged with the other aircraft as was expected in an interception. Sure, that does make sense. All right. Okay, we're on board up to that point. This is where it starts getting weird, I think. Its signal also dis- also disappeared after the two returns merged on the radar scope. Scope. Blech. Scope. Although effort to contact the crew on the radio were unsuccessful, the pilot of another F-89 sent on the search, stated he believed he had brief radio transmission from from Lieutenant Monkla about 40 minutes after the plane disappeared. I don't think possible. I mean, it could be possible, technically. I guess. If, hypothetically, let's say they crashed, right? Yeah. 
And both the planes, the one they were investigating, plus Lieutenant Marquez's plane, go into the snow. Right. Wouldn't be in the snow. They were over a lake. They were over Lake Superior. Okay, so, so it would have gone say into, the go water. into the water. Okay. Right? What if there was enough air, like maybe in their air tanks, right? Mm-hmm. So they're underwater and they're able to keep, they're able to send out one last final like, message. Forty minutes later, hypothetically, I don't know. I think they would be dead before then. Maybe it was a, a twitch. Like, <laughs> as he's dying, he <laughs> I don't know. Death twitch. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. The investigators for the Air Force reported that Moncla may have experienced vertigo and crashed into the lake. Okay, so where's the plane? Hmm. Right. <laughs> right? Apparently, he's been known to experience vertigo from time to time. Here's the thing. If you have vertigo, and the military knows you have vertigo, You're not they're going. not going to let you fly a plane. Exactly. You would be medically disqualified. That is 100% what I was thinking when I read that. I'm like, wait a minute. He's been known to have vertigo, and you still let him get up in that plane? They no, wouldn't do that. That does not make sense. They would not do that. They yeah. They would medically board him out or make him do desk work or something. Yeah. But he would no longer be medically cleared to fly a plane. No, it definitely doesn't make any sense. I, I don't understand that. Neither do I. Oh, man. Knowing apparently that he has vertigo more than other people, they were pursuing the thought of, okay, well then if you knew he had vertigo, why did you let him fly? So that they were trying to figure that out. The state that statements had been made by former members of Lieutenant Moncla's organization, but were not firsthand evidence and regarded as hearsay. So it was more of a we're going to put it in our report that he has vertigo more, but we can't prove it. Oh, if CYA. you can't prove it, why are you putting it in the report? CYA. <sighs> well, you get vertigo from like getting hit hard or having sure. something messed up in your head. Like, not in your head, but, like, your spine area. Mm -hmm. That's how you get vertigo. So, if he had vertigo, you think they would know about it? Yeah. I agree, little man. I know, right? I'm kidding, kid. You make a good point. (laughs) So, the official accident report states that when the unknown return was first picked up on radar, it was believed to be... Royal Canadian Air Force aircraft, but was classified as unknown because it was off its flight plan course by about 30 miles. I don't think a Canadian pilot would be that bad off course. Unless he was drunk. (laughs) But if he's drunk, he shouldn't fly. Well, if you're drunk, you shouldn't drive either, but people still do it on occasion. (laughs) Yeah, but he's for the Air Force. The Canadian Air Force, they're not going to let him drink. I'm what, you're he- not Canadian? I'm not Canadian. I'm giving <laughs> Heather a look. Because even though you're not supposed to do it, and it's not allowed, it happens. I'm not saying that more Canadians drink more than Americans, or Americans drink more than Canadians. I'm just saying it is possible that he could have been drunk, and that's why it was 30 miles off of his flight plan. I just don't see that as a possibility. Maybe I'm going to say no. Maybe, maybe he fell asleep or passed out and kind of floated off. <laughs> well... The pilot of this Canadian Air Force flight, whose name was Gerald Fosberg, he was interviewed about 
this incident. And he says, absolutely not. I was not off course for 30 miles. I don't know what these guys are talking about. Of course he'd say that. Officer, I'm not drunk. I didn't do it. <laughs> no, I don't think he did. I, I believe him. Okay. I believe oh, him. Give me proof. Okay. The United States Air Force also provided an alternative explanation to a certain UFO investigator named Donald Kehoe. I didn't know she can come back to UFOs. Well, because they're going after an unidentified flying object. What do you think? <laughs> That's what UFO stands for. I understand that, but just because it's a UFO doesn't mean it's an alien. No one said it was an alien. I said it was a UFO. We're going for aliens here. <laughs> I'm just going with UFO. I'm not stating what was inside the UFO. It's got to be the chicken that's the chicken people are again. And you guys. <laughs> All right. He describes his investigation into the Scorpion's disappearance, which began the night of the incident when he received a phone call telling him of a rumor out of Selfridge Field that an F-89 from Kenross was hit by a flying saucer. Who called him? Or someone from the Air Force Base that knew something about it. It's a cover-up. I agree. I honestly, I with all of this information that I'm getting, I'm going with, they're trying to cover something up. He saw something or did something that he probably shouldn't have. And uh, so this is their way of covering it up. And they're blaming the Canadians for it. Well, how rude. I know. I didn't do anything. I, I, I don't know. I want to know who called him. George. George. We're just going to go with George because I have a feeling you don't know. Unfortunately. They couldn't find him or the plane. He dis- And not only did he disappear, but his his radar operator also disappeared. But no one ever talks about him. Poor second Lieutenant Wilson. Poor guy. I know. So did any private investigators, non-military related, go to look, look this up or mm, look into it? Not that I read on this article. Because if it was, hypothetically, a military mm-hmm. cover-up, not saying that happens or does not happen. Mm-hmm. But let's say this, right? Sure. All this information is coming from the military, who did the cover-up. Yeah. I did that in air quotes, because I know you guys can see that. (laughs) So, you know, where's the private investigator in doing the research on it? Hell, let's go scuba diving and see if we can find this plane. Well, we'll get there. Don't you worry. Grant, Grant. Fifteen years later, in late October of 1968. Did his daughter find him? No. No. She would only be, like, almost 16. She wouldn't even be 16 yet. So she could be wicked smart. <laughs> she could be. No. Aircraft parts were found near the eastern shore of Lake Superior. It is possible that they were from the missing F-89 Scorpion. All right. A U.S. Air Force officer confirmed that the parts were from a military jet aircraft and news reports thought they might be from the Scorpion, but the identity of the parts were never published, and the Canadian government states they have no record of them finding anything. So I guess it was the Canadians who found these parts? No, it's not stated anywhere that they found them. So what happened to them? Cover up. (laughs) That's another thing. It's like, they're trying to cover more stuff up. What is going on? It's nuts. What if the Canadian aircraft truly was 30 miles off course, did crash into the Scorpion, 
right? Who goes into the plane? Who goes into the water? But nobody goes scuba diving after the plane to get it out. So now it's missing. Mm-hmm. Then parts come on ashore. I'm like, crap, i got to finish covering this up. <laughs> but why would they cover up just an unfortunate event like that? Because they, because they let him fly with vertigo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but technically. What if, what if he saw or did something else that we don't know about that they didn't publish? And the whole point of setting him out was to get rid of him. Maybe. I suppose it's possible. It's fine. We're going deep. We're going deep into this conspiracy. He's glaring at you. Don't you glare at me. I am awesome. <laughs> hey! <laughs> What's the Elvis look? <laughs> I'm cool. You know it. In late August of 2006, an email from a man named Preston Miller, was sent to UFO researcher Francis Ridge, which contained a quoted excerpt from an Associated Press story. The quoted news story claimed that a group of Michigan divers had discovered Moncla's F-89 Scorpion. I told you it was in the water. The location of the claimed discovery was at the bottom of Lake Superior in the location where the plane had disappeared from radar. The email also contained a link to a website that had recently, recently been created for a group of divers. They called themselves Great Lakes Dive Company. Several reporters attempted to contact the Great Lakes Dive Company to get more information about the discovery, since supposedly they're the ones who discovered it. The reporters were placed in contact with a person who claimed to be the spokesman for the company. He called himself Adam Jimenez. I'm telling you, it's those weird last names. Jimenez. Yeah, I don't get it. It's weird. He discussed the discovery with several investigators and journalists. He was even on the late night radio talk show Coast to Coast AM. You ever heard of Coast to Coast? Negative. Yeah. Well, good stuff. (laughs) The company website of this dive people presented two images of the claim discovery. Both images were from the output from a side scan sonar. So they weren't very clear images. It was just a sonar picture. Right. So it was fuzzy. There was all sorts of uh, like pixelation to it. So it, w- it was hard to see. But one there was a wing exposed and a upswept tail characteristic of the F-89 Scorpion that was clearly displayed in the picture. Initially, the discovery caused quite excitement. You would think this is a very long disappearance, like what happened to this plane? However, journalists and other people delved a little deeper into the case. Their suspicions were raised as the story of how they found the plane became more and more elaborate. So you got to know when to stop lying. You know how to get away with a lie? (laughs) Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) Yeah. It's the best way. Not saying that lying is a good thing. I'm just saying if you're going to lie, keep Keep it it simple. simple. That way you can remember your facts. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter how many times you tell it, if you keep it simple, it goes with it. Now you start getting all these details and colors and sizes and times and 
That's when people start picking you apart. That's right. So there were several factors about the discovery that led journalists to claim that it was, in fact, a hoax. Unfortunately. Darn. Darn hoaxes. They tried to track down more information about the Great Lakes Dive Company and their spokesperson, but they couldn't find any information about anything. There was no company. There was no person. Here's my question about hoaxes, right? Especially like that missing person. Mm Mm-hmm. What are they going to get out of it? Well, like, he he got to go on a late night radio show. Okay, that's not that hard, though. I mean, are you sure? Maybe. I don't know. I've never tried. <laughs> I don't but know. But I, I feel like there'd be something easier to do to get on the show versus coming up with this elaborate scheme that turned out not to be real. I don't know. I don't know why anyone would do that. And they not only did they create this hoax, but they created a website for a fake company. I mean, they got their details there. They did. But as soon as they started going out there that saying it was a hoax, they took the website down. It's not up anymore. So unfortunately, we are now back at square one. What happened to Lieutenant Moncla and his Scorpion airplane? Nice co-pilot. And his co-pilot, Second Lieutenant Wilson. Poor Wilson. You know where Wilson is? Wilson turned into a volleyball. Poor Wilson. (laughs) Unfortunately, I mean, the pictures, though, looked very convincing. They looked very real. But I'm wondering if maybe whoever acquired these pictures weren't the ones who took the pictures... But they found them and decided, oh, I'm just going to take credit for finding this. Maybe. My question is, okay, so where are those photos now? And where were they taken? Well, supposedly they, they, you, they, since they look so authentic, it is a picture of a scorpion airplane. That is what is in the pictures. But is it the scorpion? I don't know if it's the, how many, uh, we already talked Scorpion airplanes are underwater. We could Google search that, but I know there was 1,050 of them made. The, that's not a whole lot. Um, most of them are probably maybe got destroyed during wars. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know either. You're asking the wrong person here. I don't know. I still say aliens. That story. UFO. 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 You do think it was a UFO and you think it's aliens for real. No, I no, I don't think it's aliens. I don't necessarily <laughs> believe in aliens. We've already talked about this, but you know, at least this one's a little more convincing that something actually happened. Yeah, but so then I'm wondering, did he crash or did the UFO? I don't know. Take him. Maybe. Ready for this? Mm-hmm. He's getting beamed up. Yeah. Something happened while he's getting beamed up, and part of the airplane got broken off and went into the lake. Which is how it got on shore. Hmm. Maybe. But only some parts ended up on the shore. I'm just saying. It's like only some parts got broken off. Okay. I suppose that's a possibility. We all know. Maybe we all know. I know. I don't know if everyone else knows. That pilots do tend to see a lot of UFOs. Well, yeah. They're up there more than we are. They are. They see a lot more than we do, and unfortunately not all of them get reported, but the ones that do, a lot of people say that they're crazy, and it's like, but you're 
They're they're up there. Why are you calling them crazy? They're the ones who see it. I know why. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie? Oh, I forget the name of it. It's on Netflix. It has to do with the main character name is Jupiter. I don't know. I, I don't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's about aliens and the human race and all this other stuff. And in one of the scenes, the main character is being chased around by all these aliens and the, the entire city <laughs> of Chicago gets destroyed. Oh, dang. Right? And as they're getting away, she's complaining to the guy who saved her. It's like, you know, what about this whole city? You know, all these people saw it, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, don't worry, it'll all be fixed in a matter of minutes. She looks back and she sees the buildings just being randomly, like, they were destroyed and then they were put back together. Whoa. And he goes, short-term memory, we got that, we'll wipe them all day long. And the ones that slip through, well, they're just considered crazy anyway. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. i got to tell Heather. Wow. I'll have to get the name of it and let you know. But it's, cool. it's a really cool movie. And it's like, well, what if that is true? What if this actually does happen? You know, it's not too far-fetched, I don't think. I don't think so. <sighs> so I've been reading, so as I was doing my research on this, I was reading a bunch of other stories about pilots who see... They're UFOs, sure, but they're they're lights. They look more like lights that are in the like sky. Like floating lights. They're not even floating. Like, they're moving at a higher rate of speed than any airplane ever can. A British Airways pilot was operating flight BA-94 from Montreal. When this pilot, she contacted the nearest air traffic control tower to ask whether there were any military exercises over the Atlantic Ocean. To which she had not been alerted of, which I think you have to alert other pilots in the area for any other testings. I would not know. I would think. Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. I've heard of that. That's the one we watched. Maybe it's not new on Netflix. Okay. But I watched it last night with my husband. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. And that, that's where the, uh, don't worry, the ones that get missed are just considered crazy. <laughs> so when the air traffic controllers told her that the skies were clear, she them no her and her crew saw bright light streaking through the air at extremely fast speeds what she described as twice the speed of sound crazy that that is very fast she said it came up on our left hand side rapidly veered to the north and then they saw a bright light and it just disappeared they were just wondering if there was any other planes up there but i guess there weren't it, it was just, it's crazy. Um, there was another one. It happened back in the 70s, and I'll, I'll cover it um, probably in another episode. But there is another pilot out that was off the coast of Australia who claimed to, he was talking back and forth on his radio with someone and claimed that there was something in the sky with him. And they were asking, well, what is it? What is it? And he goes, it's not a plane. And then lost contact with him. What I'm curious about is all the astronauts and how many of how many things have they seen that they actually want to talk Ugh, about. Right? They probably aren't allowed to talk about anything they've seen. Because if anybody's going to see anything, it's going to be them. Oh, absolutely. They would definitely see something. Although, because so, a lot of these UFOs that you see in the sky, there are also stories from people like from the Navy yeah. who see these same things coming out of the water. Well, here's the thing. We know more about space than we do our own oceans. So if there is some civilization that lives so far deep down in the ocean that we don't know about, they could be coming up out of there. Maybe. I feel like there'd be slightly more evidence of that, though. Not necessarily. 
I mean, who knows? I don't know. Sounds like you and I are going on a cruise. <laughs> I want to. Let's do it. I don't know, but it's crazy. And there there are just so many more stories about the one that I just I just read to you where she was up in the airplane and saw these lights go- going by. There are several other actual Air Force people who have went on record stating that, yes, I saw this UFO while I was flying this airplane. We were following it. And it was going at a speed that I couldn't even keep up. That's crazy. And a lot of it has been released to the public. I don't know if you saw that, but it was a couple months ago where they released all the, uh, there was this video from a person in their airplane, their their screen that they have, and you can see it. I did not see it, but I definitely want to look it up. It's, I have it. It's on here. I'll show it to you later, but okay. it's, it's nuts. And it's being released bit by bit, but there was, there is, was, probably still is, it was like a $22 million program. They spent $22 million a year on this program. And the program is basically finding out, like, or, you know, figuring out what these UFOs are. That's what it is. Well, according to the movie that I watched last night, they're coming down, stealing people and using people to create this, like, serum oh. that aliens use to give, them, give themselves more time. Because oh. the most valuable thing... To any creature is time. Sure. So in the movie, the same, they uh they use a hundred people make they they suck out like the life form. Ugh. You don't see it. Okay. But so they suck out the life form of over a hundred people to make it like a little jar. Mm-hmm. And then they you know use that serum to make keep themselves young. Oh. You'll have to watch it. Yeah. But what if those they're coming down grabbing people and leaving? <laughs> I mean, essentially, but they're bringing them back, too. Not necessarily. Yeah, that's true. We don't know. We don't. Maybe that's what happened to poor Lieutenant Mantha. Maybe. And Second Lieutenant Wilson. Every time I say his last name, I just want to go, Wilson! (laughs) (laughs) I, I know. There is a show on the History Channel that I... I watched the first episode. I haven't watched any more. Is there, there any more? It's called Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation. Sounds interesting. Yes. So this is where you see that video that I was just telling you about with the Air Force. And then an actual Air Force, someone who was in the Air Force and telling their stories on what they have seen personally. Hmm. And all the other people within that crew are also telling the same story of what happened. And it's like... Now, is it the exact same story, or does it differ? No, I mean, it differs, you know, view to view. Like, there were two different planes. One pilot saw one thing, and one pilot saw the other thing, but they went together. Okay. But it's very interesting. I think um, the show was being basically put together by, uh, it's called To the Stars Academy. And To the Stars Academy was founded by Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge was the lead singer of Blink-182. Nice. <laughs> I always liked Tom. I used to have a crush. Oh, I like their music. I, yeah, it's great. I like their one song called Aliens. It was pretty great. <laughs> no, but it's, it's really cool that they're starting to put out the information and that the information is even becoming available to us. 
I mean, for years, the government said that there's no such thing as Area 51. It doesn't exist. And then we found out that, okay, yeah, it exists. It always has existed. We used it to test uh, secret airplanes. And it's like, so we know that the government does hide things from us. But I guess it's nice that eventually some things are coming out. Yeah, now that it's obsolete. Yeah, but they're even coming out about this whole UFO thing. Maybe. Maybe they're hand-in-hand with aliens now. So now it's okay to admit there are UFOs out there because they're hand-in-hand with them. And in 50 years, they'll say, hey, back in 2018, 2019, we partnered with these guys. (laughs) We partnered with the aliens. (laughs) The Martians from Mars. (laughs) I don't know. I, I I think my my theory of what happened to Lieutenant Moncla and Second Lieutenant Wilson <laughs> was that as they merged with the other the other aircraft, whatever it was, the UFO, the unidentified thing, was that's literally what happened. Maybe the other thing wasn't necessarily a UFO. What if it was like a traveling portal to another dimension? To another dimension where the chicken people live. Yes, chicken people. <laughs> I have a feeling the chicken people are going to be a theme with our entire oh, podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> so now they are stuck in the chicken people world, and they're probably having to run and hide from them, or they're really enjoying some good eggs, or. Yeah, or that. I, mm. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. They and as they were going portal. through the portal, part of their plane broke off, which is why it ended up in the lake. Exactly. That makes more sense. Exactly. I'll go with the chicken people one. Chicken people always. <laughs> All right, you guys, you- keep an eye out because eventually we're going to have a picture of the chicken people on our website. Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to make some shirts. It's coming. <laughs> That's going to be great. All right, give me the baby. You're going to read a dad joke. I'm not a baby. Give me your baby. Okay. (laughs) What do you call a lot of killer whales playing musical instruments? What? An orchestra. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you? (laughs) That's good. I like it. (laughs) One more just because, you know, I've missed a couple of these. Yeah. What do you call a man who murders breakfast food? What? A serial killer. Because <laughs> he kills cereal. <laughs> oh, that's funny, little man. Why didn't you laugh? Because all he does is grunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of sounded like one. We'll take it. <laughs> all right. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can email us at heather at fortrootpodcast.com. You can also get a hold of us, just like Patrick did, on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter at Fort Weird Pod. We have our website is fortweirdpodcast.com. And guess what, Taryn? We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube. We don't have very many of them up, but we are doing it slowly because we are trying to add pictures Yay. to our videos. I'm so, so excited. When you watch them, you'll see pictures. Did you watch the one I told you to go to? I think I did, but I'm not sure. You would be sure. Then no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so on our YouTube ones, are you adding it? Like, for example, you talked about this video that you're going to show me when we get off. 
Yeah, we're going to add things like that. So and it'll just, relate back to it. Yes, so we're going to do pictures and video. So if you're if you're watching it on, on YouTube, it's not going to be like constant pictures going the whole time, but it's more of you're listening and every once in a while we're on a certain topic, there's going to be a visual representation of what we're talking about. So we don't have to explain it as much. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be great. You guys are I like the one with the um, alternate dimensions when you talked about that guy that uh-huh. in the music. Yeah. It'll be on there. Yeah. We can cool. definitely put, put a little bit on there. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Also, rate, please rate and review us on any of your podcast apps. We're on everything now. There was a couple of things for a little bit there where they were like, um, it's still pending. We don't know if we want to let people listen to your stuff. But now we are literally on everything. Fantastic. Yes. So you can listen to us on anything. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So find us, tell your friends, rate and review us. We're going to have a grand and wonderful time. I'm excited. I'm excited too. All right. Thank you. I'm so happy Taryn's back. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. The existence of this 